0: good morning morning. how's everyone doing good to see you guys welcome to oak ridge community church our sunday morning gathering we're so glad that you could join us today if you're visiting with us we're very happy that you could join with us as always um we ask folks to register so that for security purposes but the, the the sign in for the meeting feel free to forward it to friends and family so they can Join in with us if they would like to. We always welcome visitors. If you have any questions or or, or you need help during the cer- the session, please feel free to give me um, a text um, while we're while we're um, in session, and I will or leave a chat here in the window, and we'll do our best to help you out and keep things moving. If you have any questions or comments, you should be able to use the chat feature um, to ask questions. At the end of the at the end of our, our service, I will take a look and see if there's any questions that need answering, and we'll we'll read them aloud if appropriate. If you want them to be personal or confidential questions, of course, we will treat them confidentially. Um, you're welcome to send um, prayer requests to the church office or any of the pastors, and we will be uh, very happy to pray with you or, or talk to you um, during the week, so please uh, feel free. Today, we're going to be, um, we'll have a sharing, we'll have a sermon, we'll have some worship, and then at the end of our time, we'll have our normal breakout sessions where we'll have a chance to fellowship with one another. Um, Just want you to know that the pastors, we are aware that the state and County have both loosened up meeting restrictions and we are talking and praying about what it might look like for us to meet physically at the gathering place um, in the near future. So we, we welcome your input and prayers on that and we are actively talking about what that might look like. So please bear with us as we, as we continue those conversations. So with that, I would like to introduce Julian Smith, who will be sharing our message this morning. Julian. Good morning.
1: Um, You may notice, especially after the last couple of weeks with Eric sharing, I've thrown caution to the wind today. I'm not only outside and live outside, but I'm sitting underneath the wisteria in our front yard that likes to attract bees. Um, there have been a few come to say hi to me this morning. We'll see if any more show up. Hopefully I don't get stung. Um, but uh, I thought I would just give it a try and see. Uh, I've had one aeroplane just go over, very low and noisy as well. So hopefully that'll, that's all the all the uh, sound pollution taken care of for this morning. Um, so it may be a bit of a cliche to say that the times, they are changing. Uh, but that's certainly true right now, isn't it? Um, and they are going to continue to change. And a big question for us as believers is how should we respond to the changing times that we're in? And that's really the essence of this little series that we're going through these four weeks. And today, um, building on what Eric shared last week um, about the sovereignty of God and God being in control, and if you hadn't had a chance to listen to that message, I encourage you to go uh, to the website, go back and listen to it from last week. Um, and today we're going to be considering um, the hope Um, of a spiritual awakening in these times. Um, It's interesting, I I did a little bit of research and um, there was a a Pew Research poll uh, conducted recently uh, that found that 55% of American adults have prayed for an end to this pandemic. There was um, a survey commissioned by the Joshua Fund which found that 44% of adults see COVID as some kind of wake up call from God and anecdotally i had a, f- a friend share a comment recently along the lines of there must be more than this there must be more than what's going on right now or when you take away the things the material things the worldly things that we've got used to um it's certainly true that this time has caused us to focus i think um on uh, to consider our own mortality to consider really that the that this life is temporary right and we don't know how temporary so whether that's you know signs of a hoped-for spiritual awakening or at least spiritual questioning, those things are certainly happening in people's minds. And this led me to a thought that as we come out of this time, um, and whatever, however long that takes, whatever the timescale looks like, that we really need to be prepared for a spiritual awakening. And I was thinking about the words in Scripture of the fields being ripe for harvest. And it reminded me of... The verse from First Peter that we actually just covered quite recently in our last series, um, First Peter three fifteen, where Peter writes, "Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have." And so this thought has been in my mind: we need to be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks us to give them the reason for the hope. Um, that we have and that that time is coming when we will sort of re-emerge from this and, um, and re-engage with people more um, and, we'll, and we'll, there will be a, a real sense of importance for, importance for us to be able to share that hope. And then that led me also to John chapter 4 um, which you may well be familiar with. Um, John chapter 4 mostly consists of Jesus' um, discourse with the woman at Jacob's well um, in Samaria and um, it's one of the, the verses uh, where he talks about the fields and the harvest. And I, I got to this and I got a little bit stumped um, by it in that my, my, my thinking, at least in timing, wasn't right. Because what Jesus actually says to his disciples here is this. John 4 uh, verse 35, he says, do you not say four months more and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest so it's it's believed that this 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 phrase four months more and then the harvest was kind of a proverb that basically meant this thing's coming down the road pretty soon right in four months time it'll be the harvest and then we'll get to work and Jesus says to his disciples I tell you open your eyes and look at the fields they are ripe for harvest he's telling his disciples now is the time not in four months or some period of time down the road and as I started to read more of the context in John chapter 4 and, um, and just um, dwell on those verses, several other things struck me. I'm just going to read to you from an um, early part of John chapter 4. So this is verses 4 through 9, a little bit of background to what's going on here. So Jesus has left Judea. He's on the way to Galilee. And, uh, and, and it says, now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sichar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. That's to say it was about the middle of the day. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. And as I read those verses and as I read the rest of chapter four, and we'll come to bits of it here in a moment. It struck me just the parallels between this experience of Jesus and what's going on right now. This woman that he's speaking to is, um, is apparently ostracized from her community. She's fetching water in the middle and the heat of the day when uh, normally they would fetch water in the cool of the morning or the cool of the evening. So in a sense, she's socially distanced from her peers. And then it also struck me, of course, that there is this very strong tension, very present tension between the Jews and the Samaritans. So there's a backdrop. Of racial tension going on here as well now I'm not trying to say that this situation that Jesus is in is the same as the situation we're facing now there are clear there are clear differences but these parallels really spoke to me and the fact that um, this is kind of like a almost like a, a, a break a, uh, yeah it's like a break time in Jesus ministry right he's traveling he's been in Judea he's been preaching he's been healing they left Judea because the Pharisees started to take notice of him and presumably make threats. And so he decides, to, um, he decides to travel to Galilee and they have to go through Samaria. And the Jews and the Samaritans did not get on at all. There was uh, a lot of, frankly, hatred between them. They would not show hospitality to each other. Um, but Jesus, in talking with this, this woman at the well, you know, his disciples have gone into town to buy food. He's basically kind of on a break, right? But he's making the most of every opportunity. You know, he sat by the well and he'd like a drink and he's in a situation where there would normally be a lot of tension, not a lot of interaction. And yet he cuts right through all of that and he speaks um, to this woman. And, and part of what he says to her, I mean, he talks to her about her life, right? He reveals to her that his, you know, his knowledge of her and he ultimately reveals to her that he is the Christ. Um, and, and he says to her, everyone who drinks this water, the water from, from Jacob's well, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. That is the hope that we have. And Jesus is giving us the example here that we don't have to wait for that perfect moment to come along when everything feels right and we should go out and share. He's effectively taking a break while his disciples go to get food. He's in an area where he would not expect to be welcome as a Jew. Um, And he's talking to somebody who's ostracized from her own community. And yet he just cuts right through all of that. And he shares with her the hope that he brings the hope of eternal life. And it just struck me more and more as I dwelt on those verses, how much that's so similar to the opportunity that we have now. It's really interesting how um, in the the company that I work for, we had for a while, these daily um, company meetings uh, discussing how things were shifting during the COVID crisis and um, our, our executive leadership, were talking to all of their kind of CEO friends and basically trying to figure out what, what is the best thing for us to do? What's the best way for us to respond as a company? And one of the things they came back to time and time again was go to your clients and just let them know that you're there to help, right? Don't go and try and win different business with them. Don't try and don't treat them as a project that you've got to keep at all costs just go to them and show them that you're there to help them. And as we come out economically, right? So just putting aside everything else for now, as we come out of the economic crisis that has been caused by this pandemic, those people are going to remember the help that you've given to them, right? They're going to remember, oh, this is, these are the people who called me up and said, Hey, is there anything I can do for you? Can I help you shift the technology or something so that you could keep your business running during difficult times? And it struck me that that's really, you know, how much more important is it for us as the church to be doing that right now on a spiritual and an eternal level. Like who are the people around us that we need to be building into and helping and coming alongside and sharing that hope with that Jesus gives us the results of Jesus conversation with this woman are striking, right? She goes into the town and she goes and tells everybody. I mean, she exaggerates a bit. She says, i come and meet the man who told me everything that's happened in my life, basically, which is not quite what he did. But you can see how impressed she was. And Jesus is invited into the town. That in itself was pretty unusual. Samaritans did not offer hospitality to Jews. Typically, in fact, pilgrims traveling from those parts down to Jerusalem would often cross the Jordan and go the long way around down the east side of the Jordan River so that they didn't have to travel through Samaria because they wouldn't be offered anywhere to stay or things to eat or anything like that. But he's invited into the town and he spends two days there with the people in Sichar and many Samaritans come to repentance and they come to eternal life. And I thought, how, how much of a picture is that, you know, for us for right now that we may have very limited interactions with people. They may feel awkward and difficult. Um, we're in a time where with you know, the, the, um, uh, I don't know the sort of the most, you know, delicate, but frank way to put this, but the racial tensions, that are present in this country based on, uh, you know, history and recent events, you know, they're very much on the forefront of everybody's minds and they've led to these, um, these significant protests, not only in the U S but also around the world. It's a very present, very real thing. And as Christians, our responsibility is to respond to that. And it may be, you know, we, I'm sure we have as a church body, we probably have different levels of motivation about getting involved with that, um, movement um but our our response as christians is firstly to treat all people as equal before god and secondly to cut right through that and offer all people the hope that jesus extends to us the salvation that he offers um by his sacrifice on the cross the fact that we can all be forgiven um for our sins and our shortcomings and that we can all enjoy we can all enjoy eternal life um with him it was interesting that that same Joshua Fund survey that I mentioned earlier um, found that almost a third of respondents believed that we are now in the biblical last days, quote unquote. Um, we may be or we may not be, right? Matthew 24, verse 36 says, No one, no one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Um, And if you think that maybe we are in the last days or that these times are unprecedented, then just consider for a moment the last time there was a major global pandemic. That was the Spanish flu pandemic um, just over 100 years ago, 1918 into 1919. What was then called the Great War had just ended, right? The war to end all wars. And of course, unfortunately, it wasn't because it wasn't long until the Second World War began. But that war in which millions of people died... just finished and then the influenza pandemic broke out and an estimated 50 million people died from influenza over the coming year 18 months that must have felt a lot like the last days right um and maybe they were the beginning of the last days that's one of the things about them that we don't know how long they're going to well last frankly right god tells us in fact in second peter peter writes do not forget this one thing dear friends with the lord a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day the lord is not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness he is patient with you not wanting anyone to perish but everyone to come to repentance and so the question for us to answer is not well are we in the last days or not it's not for us to figure that out scripture tells us sure there will be signs of the end of the age but it's not for us to know The important thing for us to consider is it's we need to treat it as if we're in the last days right and not wait and not say yeah in four months time then we can start ministering to people then we can start reaching out to people then we can start offering the hope that Jesus offers us the reality is we need to do that now it may not look the same as it did a year ago or as it will in four months or another year from then but we need to be doing that now so, I'd like to give you a couple of questions to consider. And they're active questions. So, they're not just questions to consider, they're questions to do something about. So, I'm going to close with these um, and then we'll pray. But these are the questions that I'd like you to think about. Who is one person, or maybe a couple, or maybe a family, that God has put in your path? That could be friends, neighbors, co workers, members of your own family. Who is one person or or couple or family that you are interacting with in some way that God has put in your path that you can reach out to and share not only help and support, but share with them the hope that Jesus offers that we might all be able to come to repentance and enjoy eternal life? Who's that person? Pray for that person or that couple or that family. Okay, Think about it today. Do it today and put it off because if you're like me and you say, yeah, I'll do that this week, that's a good idea. And then you don't do it today, it'll never happen. So think about it. Who is that person or that couple or that family? And then secondly, and this is pretty important for right now, how can you reach out to them now? Instead of waiting for everything to get back to normal, what is it that you can do now to reach out to that person or that couple or that family? And I encourage you as you go uh, into life groups this week, um, to share who those people are with your life groups. If your life group meets later in the week, then I, then I challenge you, do something before your life group meets. So not only can you discuss these questions with your life group members, like who are the people that God's put on my heart to share this hope with and to reach out to and help. And not only how can I do that in these times, what's, you know, how, do I, how do I kind of adapt and adjust based on the times we're in right now, but can I actually do that before Thursday or Friday this week whatever it may be. And can I, can I bring to my life group something to share, to to share what is God already doing um, in those persons' lives? We don't know. Um, it's not for us to know the spiritual condition of other people, right? That's, that's God's territory. We don't know where other people's hearts are, but we do know, in fact, in the same passage in John four, Jesus says, This is immediately following on from him saying that the fields are ripe for harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages. Even now he harvests the crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. We have no idea maybe what God has been seeding in the lives of those around us but it is our responsibility to go to share with those people to offer them the hope that jesus offers us and to live out the gospel with them in actions as much as in words let's pray lord jesus we thank you that you are our hope we thank you that your work coming to earth living among us being an example to us and ultimately going to the cross and dying for us Um, and your, and most importantly, your resurrection from the dead, your victory over death has brought us hope for the future that we could never have even got close to on our own. We thank you that, that you love us enough to sacrifice for us. We thank you that you loved us enough to come to earth in the first place. We thank you that you loved us enough to go to the cross, to go to the grave to face the wrath of the father for the sins that we have committed the things that we have done wrong for bearing the punishment for our sake we thank you that you are willing to take all of that and we thank you for the hope that we now have in your resurrection knowing that we will rise to eternal life with you as we put our faith and our trust in you we pray that you would open our eyes to see the fields around us. We pray that you would help us to see those we can go to. It may just be one person. It may be two people. It may be a host of people. We pray that you would open our eyes to see those that we can go to around us to share your hope with. We pray that you would help us to live out your gospel as much as we speak it, that we would be willing to sacrifice for others just as you were willing to sacrifice for us, that we would not do anything out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, we would consider others more important than ourselves, just as you did. We pray that you would give us confidence to know um, those that you would have us share with. We pray that you would lead us and guide us and support us. We pray that you would challenge us And not allow us just to sit back on our heels and wait for things to return to normal. We know that normal as it was will probably never come back again. Some things will be forever changed. And We pray that you would help us to instead of looking back to lean forwards and to follow you into what is to come. We pray all of this in Jesus precious name. Amen.